0: Well, praise God one more time. It's been a while. It's been it's been too long since I, I've been on here. I always say it's been too long because it was left up to me. I would uh, teach and preach now until Jesus come back without taking a breath, if it was possible. Yes, <laughs> just to uh, get a few folks saved and delivered and set free. Sometimes we forget, and we forget that Jesus Christ is our holiness. He is our righteousness. He is our peace. We're not our own rights. If you're trying to get righteousness and holiness and peace through your own works, then good luck in the wilderness. You'll find yourself frustrated. You'll find yourself feeling unworthy. You'll find yourself feeling like you don't belong. You'll find yourself just out there in the wilderness, walking around for 40 years, trying to figure some things out. But once you realize that Jesus Christ himself is your righteousness, he is your peace, he is your healing, he is your deliverer, he is the propitiation of your sins. He is the only mediator between God and man. He is the one. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. He is the A and the Z. He is all that and then some. So, he is the first and the last. He is the, the door. Um, if any man try to enter in through any other way, the same as a thief and a robber. You can only enter in through Jesus Christ. Lord have mercy. So, you can't get there by yourself. You can't get that by you. You can't get that by your works. You can't get that by your uh, resume. Paul says something very interesting in the book of Acts. He said, All things that were gain unto me. Not the book of Acts, the glory of God, but one of the letters. He said, All things that were gain unto me. He's talking about his accolades. He's talking about his resume. He's talking about he, the Hebrews, the Hebrews, he's talking about he, out of the tribe of Benjamin, he's talking about he, um, He's been studying on the chameleon. Um, Some say he spoke all these different languages. Some say he's a very intelligent man. He's talking about all these things he's done. And he said, All that stuff is nothing but dumb that I might win Christ. (laughs) If you're not counting all that stuff that you think you've done, that you think you've come, if you're not counting all those things that that you think makes you superior to somebody else, if you're not counting all those things that that you have as dumb, and then my brother, then there's some things that we need to discuss, because it's only Jesus Christ that makes us worthy to enter in into His rest. I want to read from you um, today a book that I've written, that's the last book that I've written. Um, actually, I'm working on some more. I have some more books within me as far as uh, me writing them out and getting them done. But I want to read to you the very last book I have published. Um. And the title of this book is called, Stop Cheating on the Truth by Sleeping with the Facts. And um, it's a very interesting book. I want to read to you for a minute, the introduction. I should read to you the the foreword of this book. Matter of fact, that's what I might do. And that's what I should do. That's what I'm going to do. Let me read to you for a minute. Um, Glory to God. This book here. I'm going to read to you first, so let me read to you the dedication of this book. This book is dedicated to the one I love. God so loved the world that he gave his son to die on the cross for all men. That we should not perish, but have everlasting life. That means that if you are a child of God, death isn't the end for you. Death isn't your final destination. And I'm not just talking about a physical death. There are times that you have felt like your ministry, marriage, and career was over. But he is the God of life, and he commands you to live. Lazarus was dead for four days, but Jesus showed up and called him out of the grave. That shows you that death can not conquer you. (laughs) Right now, you feel like death and a dead man walking. You go to work every day and go through life's rituals, but you are dead. People look at you smiling and laughing, but they don't realize they are dealing with a dead man walking. Yes, it is possible for the dead to talk, walk, eat, and have dates. You go through life like a zombie, wishing life was better. You feel that you are created for more, and guess what? You were created for more. This book is dedicated to all the dead men. And women that want to feel alive again. This book is for every pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist that is going through the motions. This book is for every woman and man that is in a marriage going through the motions. You feel dead and you will want a resurrection in your life. So God, some call it a revival. Mm -hmm. There has been those that have said to you that you will never get the feeling of life in you again. The same joy and enthusiasm you had when you first got saved will surface again. The same joy you felt when you first got married will come back. Watch God move upon the dead bones and they will live again. I know you are tired of going to a dead church, but you are loyal to it. Stop being loyal to death and start being loyal to life. This book is dedicated to the dead. I command you to live again. Now that is the the... Um, dedication um, uh, that I wanted to, uh, to dedicate this book. I dedicated it quite specifically to those who are safe but feel dead inside. I dedicate to those who are in marriages and going through the emotions. You're pastoring a church right now, especially in these times of COVID-19 and you lost your enthusiasm. You're going through the motions. You don't know what to do with yourself. Um. And I just want to dedicate this, uh, this book to you all. Awesome. now I, I want to read the acknowledgments of this book. I want to acknowledge some guys that I thought were, um, influenced my life in some special ways. Uh, I would like to acknowledge Reverend Tommy Law, brother down in, um, Arkansas, pastor in the Lord. Reverend George Johnson, uh, God rest his soul, brother passed away in the Lord, um, uh, a couple of years ago, I believe. And, um, uh, Apostle Ed Williams, um. Uh, Brother of mine, friend of mine, um, God bless his soul. He he was a brother who actually helped me get my first church when I first started my church. He asked me, actually helped me get my first building here. He um helped me um get a building and use his building office and different things. And I always be grateful for that. So if, if I ever uh, have anything going on here, we one of the first gentlemen that I, I, w- I would call and and um. Because he's been a blessing. It's one thing for people to talk about being a blessing. It's another thing for people to actually do it. Also, it's often funny how sometimes um, people who you don't know will help you more than people who you do know. And that's it is that sounds um, bad, but sometimes that is good. Because sometimes the people who know you know what you need. They know you need to struggle, they know you need to, to find some other sources, they know you need to trust in the Lord and so they won't help you. You because know, and also they know you could be an error in things that you're doing, so they won't help you. And that's good too. So there's no indictment on it. I don't believe in indictment and talk against anybody. But I do believe in uplifting people up. It's one thing to live in the past. I got people right now who have something that gets me because not something I'm mm-hmm. doing now. I got something against me simply because of something I've done in the past. <laughs> I'm like, wow, so come on now. So anyway, now I put it this way, man. If you see a brother struggling, pray for that brother. But just don't pray for him. If you have the means, help him get out of this mess that he's in. Glory to God. If you can't help him get out of that mess he's in, then why you got your mouth on him? Glory to God. Help somebody. and Do something. Yes, yes. So, so I'll say these, my brothers, are in the gospel. They have been a blessing to me. May God keep you strong in times to come. And he can make you stand. Preach with power in the anointing of God. We are in the last days. They'll waste your crown of glory. Glory to God. And now let me read the forward to this book. Um, I reserve the right to be holy, righteous, and without spot. I know one thing that it is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. But every passing day, God gets sweeter as the days go by. He must be sweet because if he he was to mark iniquity, who would be able to stand? If the wages of sin is death, then why isn't the whole world asleep in their graves? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there is a man that blesses our shortcomings. The gift of God is eternal life. I receive his gift with open arms. The fact. Is sin causes death. But the truth is God gave you eternal life. Enjoy the truth. Now, that's going to lead me into um, um, uh, really describing what the book is about. The title of this book is simple. The title of the book sounds contradictory. The title of the book says, Stop cheating on the truth by sleeping with the facts. (laughs) Now, in the world, we think truth and fact are the same thing. In the world, they are. But in spiritual, but spiritually, in the word of God, that could be the far they are far apart. Glory to God. And that's why I read to you. I told you that. The fact is, sin causes death. That is the fact. But the truth is, God gave you eternal life. Now what are you gonna do? You're gonna keep living in the facts? Or you're gonna start living in truth? It's time for us to start living in the truth. One thing I think this pandemic has showed us as Christians and as believers in God, we're going to have to start living the truth. We're going to have to stop stop living um, in our facts. Yeah, the fact is, you got some things going on right now that you never thought you would have. Matter of fact, some of you are shacked up right now. Pandemic and some of you are shacked up right now. Mm-hmm. Living with folks, living with men, living with women, different things going on. Not just one man, two men. And not just one woman, living two women all kind of things going on and you ashamed and hiding and all that don't hide no more man. god going to find you a way out of this thing you are going to have to trust him though let me give you an introduction to this book and then we'll get into some little about maybe the first chapter of it it says there are three words in the English language that uh, used to confuse me they always had me confused of their meanings how to use them in a sentence or just in everyday life. I finally realized I was using the actions of these words every day. And just didn't realize it. I guess it gives new meaning to the saying. Actions speak louder than words. The first word is paradox. A paradox is a statement or proposition. That seems self-contradictory or absurd. But express a possible truth. Many times we listen to our parents, preachers, or teachers they that they make statements that seem like a lie, but could be true. Then again, it could use could be it could be us making statements that seem false, but does not, but but does have some truth to it. If I was to say the only way I can be healed is to be broken, the only way to date is to remain single, I need to be sad to be truly happy. I need to be dead to feel alive. Those statements sound foolish, contradictory, and false. But each statement could possess a possible truth to them. (laughs) I feel better when I am in pain. The only way to swim is to drown. He became rich when he lost all his money. These all seem like contradictory statements, But but can be an actual truth. But these are all emotions or statements that we have made at one point in our lives. Another word that uses to blow my mind is ambiguous. Ambiguous is open to or having several different possible meanings or interpretations. That means I can say something that has one or two meanings. Church folks, ministers, preachers, teachers often argue over many scriptures. Maybe these scriptures, they often are about are a, ambiguous these scriptures people argue often about and fight over often about are ambiguous <laughs> the only true way to get the revelation from a scripture is through the spirit Ambiguous statements often lead to arguments and confuse confusion the son if I was to say to someone I'll be there after a while but I don't show up until next week sometime did I lie to that person? That <laughs> I told I will be over after a while? To me, after a while can mean next week. To someone else, after a while means in a couple hours. If I was to say the sun shines on the earth always. When I say earth, I'm talking about the globe. Or am I speaking about a man? A man was made from the dust of the ground. So could be talking about man and not the globe. Adam Smith said, on the road from the city of skeptics, I had to pass through the Valley of Ambiguity. A skeptic is looking at something with doubt. There are many skeptics inside and outside of the church. Ambiguity causes you to look at things another way. The wife says to her husband, I have been running all day. I am tired. The husband thinks, oh, she has been running errands all day. But the running she's talking about is her thoughts, thinking, how can I leave this man alone? Her thoughts and imaginations have been running all day. The last word in the English language I love is oxymoron. I love this word because it sounds so cool. An oxymoron is a figure of speech by which it produces seemingly self-contradictory effects. Is in cruel kindness or to make haste slowly. I like to say it's two words that just don't go together. The statement, it was the best of times and the worst of times is an oxymoron. I was so weak and strong that night. He is so broken rich. She had beautiful ugliness. All these are words that don't go together. The title of my book is Stop Cheating on the Truth. By sleeping with the facts. If you know what the meaning of fact is, then my title sounds contradictory. It should say stop cheating on the truth by sleeping with a lie. Or maybe my title is a paradox. Ambiguous. Or an oxymoron out of place. When you read this book, you you will find out that all your life, the facts have been lying to you. Sit back and enjoy and watch God destroy the doctrine of men. God bless you, my beloved. Now, that's um, that's something I wrote before we want to get into this first chapter. Because I think that many um, pastors are living by the facts. Preachers, teachers are living by the facts. There's um preachers and pastors. I don't know if you're doing it today because it's hard for somebody to go to church today. But every Sunday morning in somebody's pulpit, there's a man standing up there every morning preaching to you the facts. And it's been a while since you've heard the truth coming from the pulpit. It's been a while since you've heard the truth um, coming from... um leaders, teachers, uh parents, oftentimes we um um all through our lives all we've been hearing is the facts. There's only a few people, a few special people in your life that spoke the truth to you. <laughs> Can I share something with you real quick? Um what I mean by, by facts and what I mean by see, now in the world, in the dictionary and in this world we live in the fact is truth, yes, but not in the spirit realm, not in the spirit realm at all. Let me show you what I'm talking about. And how can I put this? Um, when uh, I'll put it, I'll use these guys as an example. When um the Hebrew boys in the Bible were thrown to the fiery furnace, that was a fact. They were thrown in there. That's a fact. That was a fact. But that wasn't the truth. Because when the truth showed up in that fiery furnace, they came out not smelling like smoke. You get my drift. Um. So God is able to turn your fact into a lie. That's what he does for you. You're going through some things right now. And it's factually it is what you're going through. That would not be the truth. Fact is, right now, you are depressed. Fact is, for some of you right now, you don't have a job. You're facing uh, foreclosure. You're facing uh, eviction. You're facing different things. But that, what you're going through, isn't the truth. Because when the truth shows up in your life, he'll turn your facts into a lie. Can I get... Can I get into this thing right now and just show you exactly what I'm talking about here? Um... Can can we deal with chapter one real quick? And and I'm going to read to you chapter one of this book. And um, after that, you know, then I might come back later on and give you some more of this. Um, A fact is is defining as something that exists. Reality. Truth. If you have a headache, that's a fact. The man that went to the doctor and got diagnosed with cancer, his diagnosis is a fact. The circumstances around you are your reality. Facts are what the world lives by and even find comfort in. If you struggle with drugs, overeating, adultery, or other vices, those are your facts. When the weather is cold, you need a coat. That's a fact. The world runs by facts, and without it, the world can function. As a Christian, we don't live by the facts, we live by the truth. I know the dictionary said the facts are reality and truth, but the facts or reality doesn't have to be your reality. The Bible says something interesting in Psalms 91 and verse 7 A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand. At your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. The word is saying that every oh everyone else, reality doesn't have to be your reality. The word is just saying saying simple, is everyone else's reality doesn't have to be your reality. And watch it, just keep reading. The world lives by a set of rules that whatever nature, reality or logic logic tells them is real. The news can say it will be a massive layoffs on your job. So you panic. They have just laid off a whole department and they say it's yours is next. Those are the facts. But that's not the truth. A thousand should fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, remember? That means just because everyone else is getting laid off, that doesn't mean you are. Just because the facts say most black men are in prison doesn't mean you're headed there. The fact is nobody from your family finished college. But the truth is, you'll be the first to finish college. Are you starting to understand the difference between the facts and the truth when it comes to the word of God? The world wants you to live like them. When I say the world wants you to live like them, I'm not talking about the traditional partying, sex, life, uh, drugs that are always talked about in the church. I'm talking about the world lives by reality, facts. We live by the spirit because we are not of this world. We live in the world, but we are not of the world. In the world, facts are considered the truth. When you go into the courtroom, they want the facts in the case. God can turn your facts into a lie. When Christians live by the facts, they cheat themselves out of the truth. Facts are reality, but if you are a child of God, that shouldn't be your reality. Everybody around you can be depressed, but you don't have to be depressed. People around you can be in debt, distressed, discontented, but you can have peace of mind. When you live by the facts of the world, you'll be a miserable Christian. Yes, you can have the Holy Spirit and still be depressed. You can have a friend that sticks closer than their brother And feel alone in this world. The facts will depress. And defeat you. But the truth gives you freedom from the world. Your facts don't have to be your reality. The fact is. You were born in the projects. But the truth is. You are going to stay in the palace one day. You may have been raised by alcoholics. But you will never take a drink in your life. Facts are. Your family has a history of high blood pressure. Debt jail failures but the truth is you will be you will rise above all that the problem is often we have been surrounded by people that have been only given us the facts our parents gave us the facts while we were growing up we look on tv and the news gives us the facts every day folks go to church every Sunday and the preacher preaches the facts people always want to present us with the facts but never the truth the prophet comes to town and he prophesies to you the facts but that no one gives us the truth, and because of that, we often don't know the difference. You already know the facts of life. Now, let God show you the truth. See, now you understand where I'm going with this is that the world's facts are not God's truth. <laughs> So why would you live by the facts of life and not by the truth of God's word? God bless you and keep it. Listen, if it's a word that I must I don't have time to complete the rest of it. I got to hit it somewhere. But if it's a word that I must have didn't. And if it's not, then I wasn't with it. Stay committed. God bless you and keep you. I'll be back next time and get the rest of the truth. Until then, don't live by the facts.